0: Hey guys, you are listening to the Fancil Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network. I am Patrick with Danny Danger, Mika Villas. We're back together again for another episode. How are you guys this evening?
1: Doing great,
2: doing great. I am loving this Mike's Hard Black Cherry Lemonade. Sponsor, not really, but if they want to, come on with the come-ons. But it's a good night. It's a great night to talk wrestling with my boys. I
0: will. Right, well, Let's go ahead and get started uh, with Money in the Bank because, uh, boy, did, did we get a lot of stuff coming out of that show? Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and chronologically, uh, if if we can, if I can keep a track of this. For first, uh, we didn't have two pre-show matches like advertised. We only had one, where the Usos defeated. Daniel Bryan, and Rowan in a non-title tag team match. I think that the match was pretty solid. I thought that the result was pretty much, you know, one that everybody could predict. Uh, And Daniel Bryan continues to show that he's the best wrestler in the world. Overall, fun tag team match. And I don't see this being the last uh, uh, between these four guys and thanks to the wild card, especially, uh, we will probably see this continue on. But what do you guys think of the uh, pre-show tag team match
1: here? Yeah, no, it was a fun tag team match, a fun opener. You know, get the crowd into uh into the show early on. Um, but yeah, with the wild card rule, I definitely don't think we've seen the end. And they kept commentary kept talking about you know, oh, if the Usos win here. You know, they would definitely put themselves in line for a possible future title shot. So, um, yeah, maybe we get something, you know, down the line, uh, where the Usos, you know, get, get that granted that title shot against, uh, Brian and Rowan.
2: Again, like you said, predictable. We, we knew it was going to happen that the Usos would pick up the victory. So good match. I mean, I expect the Usos to put on great performances, you have Daniel Bryan, of course. You call him the best wrestler in the world. He is one of the greatest wrestlers. So, um, him and Rowan. I mean, Rowan was there. Rowan held his own. What more could you want from a, a opening contest?
0: And from the kicker show, we go straight to the main card. And opening the main card is the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And this one, oh, we saw Carmella do the uh, baby face injury angle, got sent backstage. Uh, she came back, fought Mandy Rose. Sonia Deville showed up out of nowhere.
1: Out of nowhere. She was a ringside the whole time.
0: Well, I didn't see her because, you know, I don't really pay attention to her, all right? Wow. And nobody else probably even realized she was there. Nonetheless, she literally carried mandy rose as much as she could up the ladder she eventually you know had to get mandy to do it herself uh and just and just when we thought uh that it was gonna be over and mandy rose i was looking forward for it to, to be my my pick to win i was like yes i was right but how, how i was wrong carmela comes back that baby
2: face comeback
1: Hobbling oh, yeah. down there with her knee all twisted or whatever.
2: Right. But she threw a super kick with that same leg, though. You know. Several right. times. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to talk about that.
2: Oh, sorry. I, they shouldn't have taped that leg.
0: Naomi doing flippy stuff, looking like a bee.
2: Bumblebee from Teen Titans. She was paying homage to a black superhero.
0: Sure. Whatever that is. Uh, Natalia being Natalia, didn't even realize she was in the match. Uh, Nikki Cross going wild and crazy, as Nikki Cross expected to uh, to be. Uh, in Ember Moon being great as usual. But in the end, out of nowhere, like the RKO, out comes Bailey. And she stopped Mandy Rose with Sonya's assistance. And took that briefcase and there you go bailey money in the bank winner did you guys expect that
1: one yeah her win can seem kind of anticlimactic you know it'd be similar in the men's one if randy orton won you say okay randy orton's a multi-time champion he's won the match before like you would you expect him to to sometimes win um but you know the hope was that in a match like this where People who don't normally get title shots, you you would hope that somebody gets it, you know, and gets elevated rather than somebody who's already towards the top just staying there. Um, Bailey's win, you know, was good; the crowd liked it, um, but it did seem kind of a little anticlimactic, uh, given so many other people were uh, doing. You know, even Dana Brooke. Showing showing a lot of her athleticism and, and willingness to take some some uh some bashes into the ladder. Uh, Emberman, Ember Moon, of course, doing what she would eventually call the total eclipse of the heart, where she dove off the ladder outside of the ring into Natty and hit her with the eclipse. Um But yeah, Bailey win and you know, when of course the ladder match opens, then it leaves the door for, for they're gonna cash in the same night. Uh, you know, and we would see if she you know, we would see that later on. But um but yeah, when when one ladder match opens, it kinda leads you to believe that they may cash in that night. A little little foreshadowing, shadowing, if you will.
2: I like how they just kept saying it's like a train wreck, a car wreck or what have you, that the women were just kinda going out there and throwing their caution and their bodies to the wind. Um I like the Sonya Deville Mandy, literally carrying her up the ladder. I don't understand why Sonya deferred to Mandy because she had a opportunity to be in the match herself,
1: but she gave it well, to have, her. Have you seen? Well, she's she's secretly in love with Mandy. Is the thing? Have you seen Sonya's uh, girlfriend or wife or what have you? She she looks like a man. She looks almost identical to Mandy. She oh. looks like very very similar. So. There could be some kind of hidden, you know, secret romance. Wow. Okay. Um. But, but uh, you know, that may be another story for another time. I mean, think about like Rhino, you know, carrying Spike Dudley, or not, or Rhino carrying a uh, Christian, you know, up the uh, the ladder to help uh, win one of the TLCs. Um. So it's not entirely unheard of.
2: Not entirely unheard of, but with this women's, you know, Money in the Bank. It's the first time for that to happen in a women's match, and girls don't tend to be that um, helpful to one another. So um, it was it was interesting. I liked it. What I did not like is the fact that they were at the top of the ladder. Uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and here comes Bailey. And apparently, the power of hugs compel you because they both froze up, and nobody tried to fight for Bailey. They just kind of got their butts tossed off the ladder
1: i'm just like really throw well, it's a punch like when something you, it's like when you have somebody up for your finishing move and then music hits on the entryway you don't do the move and then stop and wait for that person to make their 22nd entrance you you put the person down and wait to fight them it's it's that kind of thing if music happens if somebody else shows up you're just supposed to stop what you're doing and, and kind of freeze and face that oh it
2: it I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief, but that is one of the things I enjoyed the match overall. All the the girls did great. That was one of the things I just looked at at, at the ending of the match and went, "Come on, man! Yeah. Like throw a punch, block a punch, knock them both off the ladder, knock well, them into one another—just something."
1: Neither of them are really that good or experienced, so they don't—they're—they're they're not good at improv because they both went to the PC where everybody's telling you every single move. Of what you're supposed to do You don't learn the Go with the flow kind of Improvisation that you get From most when you're wrestling Without agents And all this telling you Every single maneuver and every single Drill and all this
2: So I blame so that's Bailey part of it Bailey's got some improv skills She could have I don't know
1: She. Well, how anyway. do you make somebody throw a punch
2: I don't know punch me, say something,
1: talk to them. But then but I mean, then it looks even more stalled when she stands up there and she starts throwing something and is yet talking to them. And then they start throwing punches. Really, oh, it was meant gonna, for her oh, to you, race up, you shove me? them off, and pull them down.
2: Yeah, it, it just, again, great match overall. Just, I'm not picking it apart. The, the ending was not the best. And I think a lot of people were surprised. There were some boos
1: well, out there. Not a
2: lot, but... There were people who clearly weren't huggers um, when Bailey
1: won. Uh, and That's what I'm saying because I think it is – part of it is she's gu- a little guilty by association because of you know all the rumors of Sasha Banks throwing tantrums. But I think it, part of it, too, is that people wanted somebody else who doesn't have as much of an opportunity – who hasn't really gotten a bunch of title shots and all this to be elevated to that level. Rather than somebody who's who's already one of the upper upper tier level women, maybe it was really just Corey Graves being is what you heard. um, I mean, I do when Mandy didn't win.
2: I do pay attention to Corey, even though he cut his hair. So
0: yeah, could have been. You know, I definitely can't understand uh, where people are. You know, maybe necessarily cared about Bailey winning, uh, and she, you know. There's still, you know, up and downs, you know, people can blame it on the booking, people can blame it on, you know, part of, you know, the Sasha, basically, rumors of wanting to just go home. Uh, It it could be many different factors, but in in the end, uh, as we learn later on, uh, it it, it paid off because people may not have been crazy about it now, but... It it sort of worked out, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, next up, the United States Championship match, what we thought would be a, a really fun, good match um, that that would make up for whatever it is that we got at WrestleMania. Well, uh, this was more of the same. Less than two minutes. Rey Mysterio somehow rose up. Samoa Joe pins him, uh, and He's the new United States champion. The Samoa Joe then destroys Rey Mysterio in front of Dominic, a.k.a. Eddie Guerrero's uh, illegitimate son. Uh, And, man, what is this? Is this the start of Samoa Joe versus Dominic?
1: I mean, you think that... Dominic would have come in to try to save his dad. You know, his dad stood up for him against Eddie Guerrero, like a long time ago and and all this, but okay. So, so to the match, more specifically, whatever the hell they're doing with Dominic, I don't know if he, you know, um, but apparently Ray busted open Joe's nose pretty bad. You see that early on. um, And then he pinned Joe. The pinfall was counted, but Joe's shoulders were very clearly up on the hard. They called it out. um, You know, Samoa so Joe said something on Twitter. He was going to show up on Tuesday, and he was going to ask Bray to hand over the title since he didn't pin him, but uh, that segment apparently didn't uh, make it into the format of the show. You know, we had to have Elias waiting for Roman to, to to come in late. I wish I could just show up to my job whenever the fuck I wanted to and be welcomed with open arms. I mean, um, I kind of
2: do that. That's, that. That is a thing. If you're well, you Well, like,
1: do. the show's already started. We're like over an hour into it, and they're still just sitting around waiting for like the biggest star to show up. You know, I don't buy that. I don't buy that he just strolls in, whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, um, I do it. I don't buy you do that either. I think. It,
2: <laughs>
1: um, but uh, but yeah, so it was. Joe's shoulders were clearly not down. Um, and not the first time we've had a little controversy with the U S side in the last few months when R-Truth won it from Rusev. It seemed that Rusev may have kicked out when he didn't. Um, I don't know if this is a curse of bad officiating surrounding the United States championship. Um, but you know, joke, you know, continues to lay waste to Ray. Um, you know, I think this was the only championship so far in WWE that Ray hasn't held. So they wanted to give him that. And, uh, you know, so he could be the Grand Slam Forever Champion or whatever. But the match itself was short, kind of in the opposite way that it was short at Mania, where Joe kind of just destroyed Ray. I assume that means this is going to continue. Uh, Joe's, I don't assume, is going to handle that very well unless they write write him into another position. Um, but you know, the the problem with the wild card rule. Is that you have to make way for the people from the other show coming over? So sometimes mid-card stuff on the cur- on the pr- on the direct show doesn't make it into the TV time because you have to deal with the big stars coming from the other show and you have to fit them in.
2: Right. Um, this you said it—the curse of bad officiating. It was so painfully obvious that Joe's shoulder was not pinned, and. One of the announcers, I want to say Michael Cole, it had to be Michael Cole at first. Was
1: like, oh no, he was it was fine. And Corey Graves is like, no, I mean seriously. Well, they tried to show it from a different camera angle, and even the different camp like and the replay, and even the different camera angles still showed that his shoulder was like clearly, clearly up. Like it wasn't even like very close. Like he was obviously leaning pretty much on his side being pinned.
2: Joe was doing crunches and he got pinned. That's yeah. I mean he literally was doing a sit up. And it was like, wow, okay. Um, And the official was visibly looking at that shoulder up. So it was just really, really weird. Um, And again, the finish of some of these matches for this pay-per-view left a lot to be desired, this being one of them. So while Ray, of course, like you said, they wanted to put this title on him, it was one of those things where, man, you you have to kind of call it on the fly and go, nope you know, don't ring the bell, let's restart the match or something, but they just kind of let it go. I know they have time constraints and whatever for pay-per-views, but this was just so bad. Um, Joe's getting his nose broken pretty much during the match um, was the only good thing about the match, and only good because you add a little color to matches, it makes them a little bit better.
1: Especially with Joe, because Joe already looks crazed enough, and then he's got his own blood smeared on him. He looks... Like a murderer, um, yes. and it's it's it it definitely adds to the character of Samoa Joe,
0: which which you know he attempted to murder Ray Mysterio. At least it looked like.
2: I expected Dominic to jump Ray. Is what I was expecting, so I'm kind of disappointed. Yes, that that did not. That he happen. didn't turn on his
1: own dad and be like, Eddie yes. was my dad all along." Joe rem- Joe knows he remembers. Mm-hmm.
2: bill has been visiting mom while you've been on a road. Anything? I mean, I don't care. But I expected Dominic to full on like you know hip toss Ray when he was trying to help him up. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Dominic's acting skills leave a lot to be desired too. But he's a kid, so I'm just gonna let it go.
0: Yeah, I mean, can, can we say uh, David Flair 2.0 at this point? <laughs> Ooh,
1: it possibly. I mean, they when uh, you know they did try to bring. Dominic into Lucha Underground when Ray was there in one of the in the last season you know Dominic was sitting up front watching his dad and somebody like beats up Ray in front of him and he can't you know come down to help him they already tried doing that and he's doing the same thing uh just goes to show you that maybe not just because your dad's a really good wrestler doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be
0: or even a good performer or actor because that's important especially in sports entertainment
1: yeah, where's, where's, where's Aaliyah? Aaliyah? That's
2: Aaliyah. what I want to know. Where's Aaliyah? I bet you she's got all the damn talent in the family.
1: Yeah, and she's she's gonna go be a veterinarian or something. Like right?
0: I, uh, never seen. I, th- I I think uh, we we had given this match more time than you know, the league gave it. Then it had,
1: and the WWE gave it, yeah, <laughs> including the aftermath beatdown and all that. Yeah.
0: All right. Steel Cage match time. The best in the world, Shane McMahon, defeats The Miz by, quote-unquote, escaping the cage.
1: Falling over, slipping out of his own t-shirt. Like I've said, I really don't care about either guy. I haven't in years. um, This feud, all the talk and all the stuff is just, it's painful for me to sit through. So this match really didn't help do much for it, especially because it wasn't a clear-cut definitive winner. Makes me think that it's not exactly the end of it. Um, and yet again, you want to talk about bad calls. They were talking about it being no disqualification and all this. And then there was like a big spot where Shane puts his foot on the rope. Or no, they're they're in a submission and he grabs the ropes. Uh, I think it was the figure four. Shane gets the ropes and the ref doesn't make Miz break the hold because it's a no disqualification match, right? So Shane's still in the hold. He's fighting it. Then like a couple minutes later, Shane eats the, uh, what was it? The, uh, skull crushing finale on the chair and gets his leg on the rope and the ref stops counting. And even the, even the, the commentators are like, what is he doing? I thought this was no disqualification, et etc et So even they didn't sell it properly. If you're supposed to say, yes, it's no disqualification, but a fall can't happen if you're out, you know, within right. the confines of there, they didn't even sell it properly either. Like, honestly, while watching it, I like several times, I was like, just let this be the finish, so we can get on the next match. Let this be the so we can get on the next match. Why are they still fighting? Like, why is that? Why was that not the finish? What are they going to do? This going to top that? Danny
0: was probably like, a, de- a visit to the dentist is more pleasant than this.
2: Yeah, it's, it sounded like some bad indie matches, like we've bathroom break time. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's this feud and all the segments and all that stuff definitely uh, is bat- is bathroom break time for me. Um, so hopefully, you know, we're on to the next thing, you know, but, uh, who knows?
2: Our luck is not so good because they will be fighting again, I believe, coming, um, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I don't know. No, I, don't
1: I think Drew McIntyre's fighting, uh, Drew, probably on, on not, his behalf or something. I don't know. I don't
2: think Drew's making a trip anymore, but that's another
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people aren't this time yeah. around, too.
2: <laughs> this this match it was it was interesting because it was constantly the rules were changing like you said the things were just it was too much it was a whole lot. I mean, Shane McMahon in a steel cage, you knew you were going to get a "quote unquote show, but him escaping the cage by falling out of his clothes. Okay, that's a little bit new for me, you know. I was not expecting it. Um, and and clearly it was done so that it could continue this this rivalry, this feud. Um at this point though, I, I am ready for it to end. It is it's been a good little run. Um, Miz should have gotten the win in the sealed cage and moved on to Raw and gone about his business. So we'll see how they end this feud with the two of them. But I don't wanna see any other superstars in any cage matches that may happen again, fall out of any article of clothing to win a match. Cause I can imagine somebody trying to walk out the door, getting their trunks pulled and hello,
1: you know. T- with their yeah. Yep. their song <laughs> underneath or something.
2: Hello TV 14 rating, you know?
1: But flopping. Let's
2: let let's not have that happen, you know. But somebody will do it. I just don't want it to be on my television. That's all I ask.
0: Well, I mean, it is it, it, a it's a heck of a price to pay for that, right? 9.99.
1: <laughs> yeah, for the for the full Monty for 9.99 is a pretty good is a pretty good price actually,
2: yeah. I I, I mean, it's called the tube and the hub for free, but what else?
0: Next up Tony Knees defeated Surya Daivari to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh it, it was a good athletic match between two guys who uh, I was very uninterested in,
2: and so it was the crowd.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that Two O Five Live needs more actual names. I think that you know, between the call ups and the people who have left Two O Five Live, you know, I, I don't think in his current with his current roster that it can really survive.
1: It's, I mean, it's going to survive, and it is surviving, but.
0: Right, but it's not going to thrive. And I think it needs to thrive. It needs to be somewhat of a, of a focal point uh, here, not just a main event or superstars. And that's why I think the perfect scenario would be to send Johnny Gargano to 205 Live. It's most likely not going to happen since, you know, he is uh, Triple H's shiniest toy right now. But. Uh, I think 205 Live with this current roster, it's not going to really be successful. And you want people to be excited about it. And I think that people are going to lose the excitement.
2: Yeah. You, you put two names on 205 Live who are not exactly way over the limit, but if they could somehow miraculously cut weight by 20-some-odd pounds, you put them on there and mix them up 205 Live survives, thrives and, and excels. Put Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles on 205 Live. And and you've got you've got gold, you got magic, you got everything that they want and they need. But um Nice and Davari, um it was painful to watch. Not that the match was bad, just the crowd reaction. Literally. Yeah.
1: And it's is Davari's good, capable, you know um he's decent as a heel but he needs a strong baby face to work again tony neese isn't that tony neese is a very flat baby face just as a very flat heel and his baby face turn came very very suddenly and everything you know it goes against everything else that he's ever done in his professional wrestling career um
2: especially in the wwe if you've paid attention to it
1: yeah he's always been a cocky jerk and you know he thinks he's better than everybody else because he looks better and he's Performs as a better athlete. Now he's like, I do this to entertain you, and I do this, you know. Yeah, it just it feels inauthentic, and I don't care. And I did. Um. And like his his finishing move is anticlimactic, given all the other stuff he does as well. The running me in the corner after he's already done a four fifty and dives to the outside, and these kind of things. Like it's. I'm not gonna lie. Odd.
2: I again talking about finishes of the match in this pay per view. I have not paid attention to Tony knees. so when I
1: saw that was his finisher,
2: I went, "Are you serious? Is that that's it? A, that's what I'm that- saying. That's his,
1: that's a running niece, you know, running <laughs> knee in the running knee in the corner. That's his finish. And yeah, he hits the 450, and then like a minute later, he hits the running knee, and that's the finish. And that's where I'm like, it's anticlimactic, especially given that he's the premier athlete. Like he's he's you know he does the double the double jump moonsault from a from one side of the rope to the other, and like that's not his finish." The, the running knee in the corner is, it's yeah. I mean, you look at this week's even this week's 205 five live to to name a new you know possibly new number one contender. Uh, the five people are Brian Kendrick, uh, Gall- Jack Gallagher, or no Brian Kendrick, Tozawa, Arya Divari Oni Lorkin, and uh, Mike Canellis. Like it's not exactly a a depth of developed characters that that people feel have star power like. Like, even in that group, Tozawa, maybe just because he's a former champion. um, But it's, yeah, they definitely need somebody down there, or they need... It definitely is kind of in this rebuilding since they had their their, their top talent scooped up, and nobody's really stepped up yet.
2: Yeah. It, again, sad. The, the match, uh, I hate to say, it should have been a pre-show match, just to kind of get us over and through and done with it. But that's not the fault of those guys. It's the fault of WWE for not putting them in the right place or setting them up for success.
0: I think that's kind of how I feel about uh, Kofi's finisher, and I I feel like that that's it. When I I, I think that that's how you know you guys feel about knees, because uh, with, with Kofi, you know, it's like I feel like. You know, he just, he hits the uh, trouble in paradise.
1: People say that recently that, like, saying that Kope needs a new finisher. It's time.
0: So next up, the men. Becky Lynch defends the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. She defeats uh, Lacey, retains the belt, starts walking out the back, and out comes Charlotte saying, no, 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 we're doing this now. The man, of course, being the man that she is, says, well, you want it? Let's do this. And then they have a match. Charlotte Flair defeats Becky after interference from Lacey Evans. And Becky, and Becky loses the SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte's the new champ. And, of course, as Danny alluded to earlier, you know, usually when you have a Money in the Bank ladder match at the opening, well... That means you're gonna get a cash in, and that's what we get. Out comes Bailey, cashes in her money in the bank contract for the uh, SmackDown Raw Women's Championship. Bailey defeats Charlotte in 20 seconds. Huge pop this time. And the 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 hug section is you know back alive from you know a two month Bathroom break. Signs all over the crowd. Bailey's your new champion. So you got Becky retains the Raw Women's Championship. Bailey's your new SmackDown Women's Champion. And here we go. Becky two belts is no more. She's still the man, but Becky is no longer the only Women's Champion on the main roster. Bailey now has the other belt. And the fans loved it, but the fans loved it was Bailey, or is it just the excitement of the cashing? Because you know that's pretty much a, a big deal and an easy thing for people to pop. So, uh, interesting, kind of worked out. I think in the short term, in the long run, we'll see. Uh, so, what do you guys think about the matches, the cashing, and and where could this all be heading?
1: The matches were fine. You know, Becky versus Lacey, okay. Um, And yet again, uh, an awkward finish because the referee wasn't even in position when Lacey was tapping out um, because she tapped out so quickly to do the disarmor. Um, And it kind of snapped it on her quickly. Um, Yeah, Lacey coming down and interfering and then Charlotte hitting a big boot and pinning Becky, yet again, an anticlimactic finish. Um, I guess it's better than a distraction roll-up, um, you know, that they usually like to use on Raw and Um Charlotte winning, just to say, yes, she's a nine-time. I thought it was funny when Rusev said online, you know, before she retires, Charlotte will be a 35-time world champion. Uh, please teach me uh, your ways. Um, and then, yeah, then they decide that the, the two blondes are going to beat down Becky afterwards. Bailey comes down initially to kind of help Becky out. And then uh, after Charlotte kind of rams her into the uh, turnbuckle pad, not conscious, and that's when Becky decides she's, or Bailey decides she's going to cash in, uh, drag Charlotte into position, hits the elbow drop, pins her, um, Bailey wins. I think part of the excitement also was people, Thinking that Charlotte would not leave uh, with the championship, um, not just Bailey's win, was hoping they wouldn't let her defend both titles successfully in one night at least once. Keep the Becky Two Belts thing going on for a little bit longer. As um, now we're seeing that Becky wants to be Becky Two Belts again. It was on SmackDown after they teamed together. She said, "Yeah, we'll team together now, but uh, don't you know? Don't don't think you you you're gonna walk away with what's Mine without beating me and uh, and get away with it. I'm still got my eye on you, uh, but I guess Becky having only the Raw belt. Apparently, her profile on WWE.com has been moved to the Raw page. So I assume that Becky will be on Raw unless she comes over as a member of the Wild Card to SmackDown. You know, it's Raw. If there's a hot character in WWE, you want to move them there um, rather than keeping them on the other show to build that show up. Um, you know you gotta you gotta always make raw look strong <laughs> um, so Becky now being a member of the raw roster where does this leave both rosters now um, you know hopefully we don't have to see Lacey Evans get more title shots um, and Becky can move on to the other competitors on the raw end and now this leaves smack hopefully this leaves smackdown wide open so we don't have to see Charlotte wanting uh title matches again and again. Some of the other girls can get get an opportunity with with Bailey there being, you know, hopefully the fighting champion who'll defend her belt frequently.
2: I am uh, a totally, totally. It was it was just it was a shame that Becky did not get a, a chance to successfully defend both titles. Um the woman's right interference and Charlotte taking advantage was very It was very sad. You felt that Becky's character was so strong that perhaps she should have been able as the man to kick out and overcome that, that um, maybe some more sneaky tactics would have gotten Charlotte her ninth title. Um, The crowd, I I believe along with a lot of people or anybody, but Charlotte. So when Charlotte won, the disappointment just kind of rang throughout the, collective WWE universe or just I felt that the air in the room just kind of went out. I'm like, oh great, here we go. Um so the Bailey uh, running down at the anticipation of the cash-in, I think that got everybody hyper and 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 just ready to go because the majority of the cash ins have all been successful for the money in the bank title or the money in the bank holder, um, especially when they're surprise cash-ins. So Bailey picking up the title. You're going to see Bailey and Becky go at it somewhere probably sooner rather than later because Becky two belts will be a thing again. It won't be, you know, well, they're just going to keep her, you know, out of that title uh, off of SmackDown. I think Becky, um, already said that she was never pinned or beat for the title. Um, not properly anyway. So, Becky and uh, her buddy Bailey going at it. We've had a Charlotte uh, feud with Becky, so now it's time for Bailey to step up and um, harden his phrase. Catch these hands.
0: Moving on, we get we had Elias beat up Roman Reigns in the backstage earlier on, but we're supposed to have a match. It looks like we're not gonna get a match. Elias is being Elias. Out comes Roman. Destroys Elias. Beats him in 10 seconds. Walks off. The big dog you know, putting Elias in his place. Yeah, that, that was a match. The
1: big dog claiming in his yard. I mean, uh, it clocks in at only 10 seconds. Uh, is the official time listed. My One of my big complaints with the the network events like this, so you know the pay per views, quote unquote, um, is that the formula of the show is almost identical to a Raw or a SmackDown, so it really doesn't feel like it's a special event. When you have him jump out and Elias come out and do a, uh, you know, do his concert before Roman comes out, and you have the thing like, uh, you know, the lucha lucha, uh, um. Lucha House Party. Yeah, the Lucha House Party come out, like, they're ready for a six-man match, and then Lars comes out and beats them up, like, so there was a scheduled match that was unadvertised and Lars just ruined it, and they're not doing that, like, and the way that somebody comes out, and then you know, they go to a segment, and then they show a replay, and they show an advertisement, and then they come back, and the person's still just in the ring, like, and then the next person comes out for the match, like, those kind of things that they float over from the regular shows to These, you know, these special events doesn't make them feel like special events. It makes it feel like just any other regular show, um, you know, minus the 20 minute opening uh, segment where they all just stand in the ring and talk instead of fight each other. Um, So I feel things like that to me just it. It hurts the it hurts. From when events used to be special, Money in the Bank felt like something special rather than just another standard episode um, of programming. And so that mat- this match kind of did that. And uh, not to say I wanted to see a long match between these two as I'm not really a huge fan of either guy, but you know, I would have rather seen a match than the whole segment as a, you know, where Elias is now, Oh, I'm going to play the electric guitar instead because you know, whatever. And I'm going to run down your local sports teams and say, I don't like your city and get booze. And, you know, and it's, Tired, it's tired crap. Um, and it just, yeah, short and sweet was the match, but uh, the segment it was short, it was
2: not sweet, it was, it was, huh, it was too much. I mean, I like Elias Roman, I don't know if they don't want him to have
1: he was pretty good, as Aqu- he was pretty good as Aquaman, though. He was pretty good as Aquaman. <laughs>
2: that wasn't him they just you know that's not him but it, it was if i'm going to get a segment i'd rather have a segment don't even worry about the match part of it the, they could have kept that 10 second or five second interaction because it was probably including entrances that long um which was a waste they're not going to give the people the opportunity to see them wrestle then just talk it up go and you know build toward another um maybe another pay-per-view or uh, a special SmackDown or something. But yeah, I could have done without this match. That was my bathroom break.
0: Well, that was a short bathroom break for you.
2: Yeah. I had to run back and thankfully I washed my hands. So next up my match of the
0: night. I I don't think anyone else can argue with this. This match was great. I wish he had gone another 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes. I would have loved it. But yeah, I think Seth Rollins and AJ Styles for the Universal Championship stole the show, and this was my highlight. Two great wrestlers putting on a fantastic match. Seth Rollins retains, but yeah, I think back and forth, they did what they did, and great to see Seth Rollins being challenged You know, in this kind of way. I love it when he's in matches with... Uh, great wrestlers uh when you know you see away from the shield or n- not fighting big monster guys uh, it's just two great wrestlers going at it fantastic to me loved every minute of it could have watched it longer but yeah it I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this
1: seth to me is one of those guys that i just like can't really get into or excited about his matches and i don't know if it's An emotional disconnect, him, you know, stringing too many moves together and these kind of things. Like, to me, I just don't really get excited about Seth in general. Um, and his matches, you know, kind of, eh, whatever, okay. Um, I like AJ a lot, but Seth is just a guy I've never been able to really just get into. I just don't get emotionally invested in, in his matches, um, and I don't know, you know, I apparently am, I'm in the minority as a lot of people really like Seth, um, you know, very, very high on him and his work and all this. But he's just not somebody I ever really connect with. Um, the match was good for what it was. The highlight for me was uh, him busting out the original Michinoku driver um, as most uh, to the 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 hardcore fan. The what we know is the Michinoku driver is actually the Michinoku driver, too. The original Michinoku driver is what Seth did, um, where he usually does the superplex into the Falcon Arrow when he did the inverted superplex, and then he did the hooks them for like an inverted DT, lifts, and throws them out in front of his lap. That is the original Michinoku driver used before he, uh, Taka, went to the Scoop Slam uh, pile driver. Um. So I always kind of pop when I see that move, just because I'm I'm that kind of nerd who, when I see the weird, super obscure move, I always go, "Oh shit, that's cool! I like that move. Why don't more people use it?" Um. But uh, and yeah, it was it was a good match. It was decent, but just I couldn't get emotionally invested in it. I just can't get emotionally invested in Seth's matches. I don't know why. I try.
2: This was one of those matches. Like you, you talk about the the Mickey Noku driver It's one of those matches where I think us indie or people who are into independent wrestling kind of like, I felt like I nerded out on this match watching them um, because they did do some stuff that typically they would not do in a quote unquote regular WWE match. At least I felt that pacing wise and everything worked because these two guys, they know how to wrestle, but they know how to work. Um, this was kind of like recess for them when they were able to go out there and put on a good show for a literal, a literal worldwide audience. I would have liked to see AJ win, but I understand that Seth Rollins is dating the man, which kind of makes him the man, but he's still the champion for now. And we'll see where this goes later.
0: Maybe this makes uh, Seth Rollins, the man behind the man. No, so he
1: is—he's the man's man. So here's a, here's an odd trivia fact that I found. I heard the answer to. Um, so AJ Styles' music, for a long time, there was this running thing with me and a handful of others that it didn't feel like it was really written for him because it talks about plurals. It says, you know, uh, we're the Southern boys, like so. It's it's making it seem as though it wasn't originally written for him. So, the speculation from some other people that I heard was that maybe it was written for the Briscoes. There was a time before AJ debuted that, um, and before the Briscoes signed with Ring of Honor again, the WWE was looking to heavily court the Briscoes, right? Not necessarily because they probably wanted to do a lot with them, they probably just would have kept them in NXT, but more as a power play against ROH. Um, so it was thought that maybe it was, you know, maybe it was written for the Briscoes. You know, they don't want none. Sounds kind of like man up. Like it sounded very Briscoe-ish if you start kind of picking the song apart. Um, AJ said in an interview that the song was not, that it it, it was in fact not written for him originally. It was written for somebody else. Um, But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't not the Briscoes. It was somebody else who opted not to sign, um, despite making a big splash briefly on NXT, and that was James Storm. The song was originally written for James storm as there was, you know, he made that big splash in NXT taping and he was on, the, they were international superstar, James storm, etc. He cut this fiery promo and then he was never seen again because he opted to sign with uh, sign again with impact instead. Um, but that song was originally written for James storm and it was meant to be his entrance music. And then age, and then they had it and then AJ came along and they gave it to AJ as he's also a Southern boy. Um, but just an, an interesting and unusual trivia fact and a weird story behind
2: it. I, I like that.
0: Yeah, I had heard different rumors, uh, out, but yeah, I wasn't sure which one was the accurate. I've, I've heard both sides, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing that but it, it kind of worked out, you know, that it fits AJ and with the way that AJ came out and made his uh, debut, it's just kind of like everything all these stars aligned for a perfect debut the right song you right everything i think i don't know may- maybe i'm very biased because i'm a big aj styles fan but in the you know aj styles signing and debut and running the WWE, it's probably one of the most successful uh, in who knows how long? It's just—I mean—you look at other guys who have been brought over, and it really hasn't clicked as well.
1: Yeah, especially guys who you know who weren't at all part of the WWE system. He definitely has done a time, and people still speculate. Oh, well, you know, is AJ going to stay with WWE? Is he going to finish out his career with WWE? And he said that he said that he would do that, but people still. Oh, well, you know, but there's this this AEW thing. You know, we want AJ to go there. But AJ, I you know, then somebody brought up where he posted a picture on his Instagram and said, I've just signed my last wrestling contract. And I guess it was a re up for WWE. So, you know, that kind of put to rest some of those. But his yeah, his his entire run has been with WWE has been fantastic from debut to to this matchup money in the bank.
0: Yeah, I mean one has to wonder like why would AJ want to leave when he is pretty much has been very happy with how everything's worked out, you know. What I mean, he gets paid very well, and he's valued, you know, for what he brings to the the company and to the show, the merch. It's a, I think that he's overall somebody who, you know, doesn't need. And he could be successful anywhere, you know. He doesn't need to be the lead. He doesn't need to be calling his own shots, but he's happy because not only is the fed happy with the success and the return on the investment, but also his whole run has been so good and he's been treated like a star and valued everywhere he's been. It's kind of like why leave when you have a good thing going, you know, it's not like he's only getting paid 500 bucks to show up at a show you know, I'm sure he's got a pretty darn good deal, and with you know, this is like AEW making a splash. You know, they'll you know if the, the Fed will pay him more money. Why leave when he's really in a good situation? And you know, he could provide his family anywhere, but here he's got guaranteed money, be on national TV, and knowing that he's gonna be a top guy, no matter what, because that's how good he is. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Uh, we have the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston defeats Kevin Owens to retain the WWE Championship. And, of course, I mean, th- this was just it was a fun match. I, I can't say I was uh, full of joy for it. I wasn't crazy about it, but it was a very good match. And Kofi retained. And now we see what's happened. Tuesday night, we got the return of Dolph Ziggler. I guess he's back from his comedy tours. And now he's going to be the next challenger for Kofi Kingston's WWE championship. You know, talking about how this should have been his shot, his opportunity.
1: I mean, this. So Dolph returns, but the match is happening at Super Showdown. Um, it's not happening, you know, anywhere else. Apparently, the rumor is that Kevin Owens said he wasn't going to Saudi Arabia anymore. Uh, so I guess they wanted a title defense for Kofi there, and and hence Dolph Ziggler is is thrust into this position. You know, lays him out. I I guess the trouble in paradise you mentioned kind of earlier about it being kind of an anticlimactic finisher because he's not getting a whole lot of speed on it because it is they try to make it seem like it comes out of nowhere, but it does take a little bit of a setup as he has to rotate, so it leaves the opponent just kind of standing there waiting for it, and I guess it's as effective uh, with shoes as without shoes. Um, That was a little strange that Kevin Owens was trying to rip his shoes off, etc., but um, you know, a decent match, It seems that things with you know with are not done between them and the New Day they're just on pause as WWE goes to Saudi Arabia and then maybe we'll pick back up and get another Kevin Owens versus uh, Kofi match Um, you know before before it's all said and done.
2: I think that people are so used to the New Day as a unit that they're just like okay well Kofi's finisher as a champion is not effective. But, you know, again, this man had on pink and gray or whatever color, but pink socks, and he hit his finisher, retained a title against a a viable opponent in Kevin Owens. Um, Kofi takes a licking, keeps on ticking, and throwing pancakes. What more do you want in a champion? Uh, Dolph Ziggler apparently doesn't like pancakes or pink socks. Um, he's back, and it's, yes, it's for, you know, we need a, a championship match for Kofi. But you also have to remember that Dolph, Dolph is one of those athletic um, talents where people hate Dolph or hate to see Dolph, but he helps in the ring. He makes people's maneuvers look all the more devastating. So Trouble in Paradise on Dolph with some um, – Pink socks on is going to look like the man got hit with a Mack truck. And I think to keep Kofi looking strong as a singles competitor, um, Dolph is needed. So kudos to WWE for pulling him off tour or, or, you know, whatever they dug him up. Hollywood, Florida is bigger than people think. So thank you guys for finding Dolph and bringing him back.
0: In your main event, the Man's Money, in the Bank Ladder Match. Uh, of course, uh, we saw earlier in this match that Sami Zayn was taken out uh, of the match as he was uh, left hanging, literally upside down. And we only get seven men in this match. We get Ricochet versus Randy Orton versus Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corden versus Andrade versus Ali, of course. Ali and Ricochet, I think, uh, in a competition to see who could uh, kill themselves the fastest and the worst way possible. Um, Those two, uh, especially Ali.
1: Andrade was the one taking the crazy bumps in that though. Andrade took the the power bomb onto the ladder, or no, he gave the power bomb onto the ladder. But then he took the Spanish fly off the ladder from Ali. Um, Andrade not wanting to be shown up that he can take the crazy bumps as well.
0: I mean, I mean, look, this was a very diverse group of uh, attempted suicide in, in this ladder match. Uh, I, I I will say that. It, it worked all the right ways. Of course, uh, the wrong ways also, since we had Baron Corbin. But uh, Drew did his true thing, which was expected and looked good. Uh, Randy Orton and Finn Balor, well, they they, they they were there and they did their part. But uh, for the most part, I think uh, the high flies really showed. To me, Andrade was really... Uh, my MVP for this match, uh, and for a moment there, I thought just like when I thought Mandy was gonna win, I thought, "Oh man, this is the moment, Andre, uh, Andre is gonna win." But alas, he didn't. Uh, and right when we thought the match is gonna be over, uh, Brock Lesnar comes out. Brock Lesnar comes out. That's right. I, I had to say it twice just to make sure. I was in living in a parallel universe where Brock Lesnar came out and became the eighth entrant in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And like, well, like Brock Lesnar fashion came in, did very little work, and won the match, took the contract, and now you get a beast in the bank. And anytime he could cash it in, for either the Universal or the Championships.
1: Yet again, somebody who's already at the top, remaining at the top with the Money in the Bank ladder match instead of somebody else being elevated. Um, yet again, an odd finish because Ali was at there, literally had his hand on the briefcase. He hears music. He decides to stop and freeze <laughs> what he's doing and wait for... Uh, For Lesnar to come and run all the way down and then shove the ladder over rather than just grabbing the briefcase and then and then saying, oh, thanks for beating me up, Rock, But I still won the match like. Yet again, odd kind of pause when somebody's music hits, you literally drop what you're doing and wait for them. Um, It's the WWE way. Uh, But. A lot of great and wild, exciting things. I mentioned Ali's uh, Spanish fly onto Andrade. Off the ladder, um, Michael Cole yelled, uh, what is wrong with these guys? Uh, While they were doing that maneuver, um, you know, insinuating they're crazy and doing wild things to their own bodies. Um, And yet again, I talk about the segments making this feel like it was another show. The several different segments of where Sammy's in Hunter's office Hey, I'm freaked out. Braun's going to come and get me. And then we see Braun come in and then they say, Oh no, you weren't supposed to be here. You're banned from the building. And then later we see Sammy hung upside down. And then they have Braun thrown out of the building because it's assumed that he's the one who did that to Sammy. And then Brock Lesnar comes in at the end of the match. Yet again, like if, if you could come in at the end of a ladder match and just come in and enter whenever you wanted, um, why would you come in at the start? and have to have to fight seven other guys and get beat up on ladders. Why wouldn't anybody else do that? Why wouldn't Randy Orton do that? He's the ultimate opportunist, right? Why would he go out and start the match in the ring? If, you know, if you can just kind of enter whenever you want to the surprise of the other entrance and just kind of, you know, pick up the pieces and go, um, you know, whatever Brock Lesnar's contract, Paul Hamas negotiating, etc., etc. Um, but it definitely was there, uh, to put Brock Lesnar at you know, yet again doing as little work as possible, uh, and getting the biggest reward, he walks out with the money in the bank briefcase, and it is very possible, you know, this is probably the only time that he would have the that he would actually do it. You know, we saw on SmackDown, uh, you know, Paul Heyman was there teasing that Lesnar would run down and attack Kofi. Um, I think Kofi's pretty safe. Um, honestly, because he's the SmackDown champion. Um, and, and Brock really doesn't go to Brock doesn't go to SmackDown. He only goes to raw. So I think Kofi's safe, except on these dual branded events. Um, so at super showdown, it is very possible for Brock Lesnar to walk out with both championships because he has the championship rematch against Seth. If he beats Seth, then he can later go cash in on Kofi and Brock Lesnar could actually walk out of super showdown as the once again, undisputed champion. Um, you know, since the shakeup really doesn't kind of doesn't really matter as much anymore with the wild card rule. Um, but man, people were mad. I'm going to cancel my WWE subscription and all this kind of stuff again. Um, you know, the same the same way people were mad apparently about the Game of Thrones uh, finale on the same night. Uh, everybody complaining with the character they didn't like coming out on top. Um, <laughs> that's how. Storytelling goes, it's a story, there's pieces, but you know, Game of Thrones was a bit different, as there won't be a continuation. That was the end, um, you know, and it wasn't their favorite, so they got mad. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, I really don't think that Brock, Brock Lesnar is going to come and take Coach as a ghost man. He's, you know, you pay that much money for him, you're not going to put him on the B show. Uh, as much as I love SmackDown, it's still like the beach. Uh, but it's wild uh, taking the championship whenever he wants.
2: The beast in the bank. If WWE knows one thing, they know how to tick off the boatload of their fans. Brock Lesnar's unexpected, unprecedented winning of Money in the Bank when he was not in the match is something that WWE fans should be used to. Um, Becky Lynch did it last year. But, you know, hey, We like Becky. We don't like Brock. Um, and we know that Brock when he wins a title because you know this money in the bank, it's almost virtually guaranteed that he probably maybe will somehow or other pull one of these titles. When he does, um, we won't see him. So, you know, in a way it's like uh uniting the titles because you only got one that's in play, but I digress. Um I think it was brilliant. It was crazy. It was something that made people talk. And whether they be upset or, you know, just fully engaged into what was happening or what's going to happen next, it got the desired effect that people were surprised. They were shocked. Nobody expected to see Brock Lesnar. They sure as hell didn't expect him to walk out with the Money in the Bank um, briefcase. The WWE has done their job by keeping people on their toes. Now, will we see Brock challenge Kofi? Will we see him challenge Seth? I honestly think that they're going to ride this thing in the SummerSlam with him, um, holding on to the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I see him picking up the SmackDown title. He just had the raw one now. Whether Kofi is still champion or not, I don't know. But I think uh, his advocate will advocate for him to pick the easier win, and that would be unfortunately Kofi. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where exactly they're going with that, but yeah, we we will see. We will see what they have planned uh, and how much longer. This Kofi Kingston experiment is going to happen. I, I don't hate Brock Lesnar winning it. I think uh, could somebody else, uh, younger, uh, less established, uh, use it? Uh, yeah, I probably uh, drew and Andrade may have been the best options, but I think Brock, uh, we could see him. eventually cash and get the money. Look, he turned down going back to the UFC, set to retire I can only imagine W uh, totally making him an offer that he cannot refuse. Right? Where well, he can spend most of his days uh, farming in Canada and crossing over uh, to the, crossing the border every once in a while for a good payday. Uh, you know, I mean, what 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 person wouldn't want to do that? You know, I mean, if somebody offers you lots of money for very few dates and you can spend the rest of your time at home, doing whatever you want.
1: Now, my biggest... Now, I get that they wanted Brock Lesnar's return to be a surprise and him winning, etc., but my biggest thing is why does the match, to determine the number one contender for the two titles, get billing over the actual matches for the titles? Because then it makes the, the winning of the money of the bank seem more important than the actual titles that you'll be able to cash in on. Um, it's just kind of an an odd flow to the story for me. Your title matches should be, you know, these these are what guys are fighting for. So to put essentially a number one contenders match on last over the the championship match seems a little strange to me. Um, you know, it's just. But yet again, the story was the reason. But um, it it just feels kind of odd to me to do to do it that way
0: yeah I don't disagree with you i I definitely do think you know title matches should be main event matches but I think yeah i th- I think that they wanted to end on a specific note which was the image of Brock with the contract so if that's what they were going for uh it is definitely what they got uh and they got quite a reaction from the people. So interesting to see what happens. Uh I didn't hate it. Uh I know most people did because it's Brock Lesnar, but whatever, people can get over it. But that was uh money in the bank. Um I think uh the show was very good overall so I'm gonna give this an A minus. I didn't hate it. Uh and at least things that I, I, I would have hated the most were for the most part, kept short and sweet, so I did not have to drag things I didn't like. So that's where I'm going. A minus.
1: I I go B plus just yet again. Uh, Nah, I'd probably do a solid B. The maxes were good, but because of so many of the in-between segments, it didn't feel special like an actual special event. Um, It just feels like another episode of their television shows. Um, and that's just kind of a common theme with them, uh, with WWE in general, that I just kind of take a little gripe with. So the the constant things throughout like that, and then uh, just, you know, the matches were good. There was some good contests, but none of them were really great and gripping and emotionally captivating. Uh, so I give it just a, um, a solid B.
2: I'm gonna go B minus um, the the finishes on a lot of these matches, and, um, a lot of the high-profile matches, like the United States title, um, like the women's title match with uh, the Raw title online, well, the SmackDown title on the line, the, just the way these things finished, they did not finish strong. And if you don't finish strong, it's less likely or less believable, and it makes you, I know me, I'm not... I wasn't excited to watch this pay-per-view. I did not watch it live. I stayed away from spoilers. But after watching it, I went, well, crap. I just, you know, spent all this time. I would have been better off asleep. So B-minus because they can do better and they chose not to.
0: So uh, we're going to make our predictions for the Super Showdown uh, next week. But I just want to kind of bring us up to date to what we have for uh, Super Showdown uh, next week, I believe, uh, on Friday afternoon. Randy Orton versus Triple H. Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Finn Balor versus Andrade for the Intercontinental Championship roman reigns versus shane mcmahon kofi kingston versus Dolph ziggler for the wwe championship and of course the 50-man battle royal uh the greatest battle royal ever in the world not to be confused with the greatest royal rumble that was also featured by with 50 Man. uh so yeah so uh again we'll be making predictions next week but uh uh, basically a super card made for a prince. Mm.
1: Um, you know it. They, I have heard that it, what is that? It could be as great or greater than WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, is apparently what they're telling us to get people to watch and kind of forget about that it's in Saudi Arabia. They just keep calling it Super Showdown. Uh, you know the Super Showdown event, and then they. Throw the name of the city of Jeddah out there, but they have yet to say the country of South or the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Once again, I guess they're hoping to forget about that aspect of it. Um, but you know, there they will probably get some more matches announced between now and uh the time of the event, and you know, get some silly shenanigans thrown in last minute as well.
2: They're going to need shenanigans. They've got a host of superstars who they thought were going to be there in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and they have now opted out to, you know, not go to participate. Not that the WWE is going to actually have egg on their face, because as we see, Dolph Ziggler's been dusted off from the shelf to come put on his cape and sell like a madman or Kofi Kingston but this this pay-per-view the tagline to be equal to or greater than WrestleMania I think is absolute ridiculousness um because WrestleMania is supposed to be the WWE's Super Bowl their huge huge show the thing that sets them apart that makes wrestling great that makes them the juggernaut of the industry yeah it's supposed to be special like christmas you only get that once a year but now as we go into the kingdom of saudi arabia we are and i say we as i, I don't represent the wwe but they are basically saying uh wrestlemania was cool and all but we're going to try to you know do just as much if not more And that devalues wrestlemania as a fan as someone who's gone to WrestleMania, thankfully not the one this year, but I would be upset that here I am. i spent all my time and effort and money to go to the biggest show that you do, and now you're just going to do another one and go up. Oh, it's going to be bigger, probably, maybe. That's just bad business.
0: Yeah, it, it, it may make it seem that way, but let's think about this. The bottom line is no matter what... M-
1: Audi blood money bottom line. That's the bottom line. All about the money, money. And at the end of the day,
0: what matters is making those stockholders happy. Uh, that stock needs to continue to go up, and in order for that to go up, they need to keep making money. And they also are banking on the fact that everybody will show to WrestleMania no matter what. WrestleMania has become such a gigantic thing where, you know, we, we see where, like, Cities are trying to make bids for WrestleMania like they do the Super Bowl. And I think that that makes it a big deal. As long as there's a demand and, and, and they continue to be a demand, they, they, they will continue whatever they want. And I think they're willing to do this, get all this money from the Saudi prince. And, you know, they're going into a very big, profitable year with the fall TV shows. And WrestleMania in Tampa next year is going to do lots of great business, uh, especially because, again, it's in Florida. It's another somewhat affordable trip for a lot of people. And people will come from everywhere, and no, no matter what. I think the majority of people won't care uh, that, you know, they've had this Saudi Arabia shows because, you know, they, they can say it, was, you know, it could be bigger than WrestleMania, but at the end of the day, people value WrestleMania for the name because it is WrestleMania. And no matter what show you have, you can claim it's bigger than WrestleMania. It ain't WrestleMania.
2: Well, we know this one won't be WrestleMania just from the hard subs to change um, lines that we're hearing coming from the WWE and people again opting out.
0: So now before we close out, well, I just, it's time for us to make our predictions for all elite wrestling's inaugural pay-per-view. That's right, pay-per-view. Which you can get for fifty dollars. Because that is the thing in pro wrestling in twenty nineteen. Fifty dollars to watch this pay-per-view live. Um and you can go to one of your television pay-per-view providers or uh find it on the internet on uh br live at the mgm grand garden arena and here is your card and i'll make my predictions after calling this uh after breaking this down first we get so-called uncensored versus the strong hearts sima t-hawk and l lindaman chris jericho versus kenny omega The winner, uh, moving on to the future AEW World Championship match Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers for the AAA World Tag Team Championships, Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki. And Amy Zakura versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe, and Rio Mizunami. And in a match I can definitely skip because screw Chuck Taylor. Best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. And of course in your pre-show, uh, which is free, you know, like the free for all. Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian. And... Your 21-man Casino Battle Royale with the winner facing the winner of Jericho versus Omega for a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, in the match announced so far, Sony Kiss, Brandon Cutler, A.J. Romero, Glazier, Brian Pillman Jr., Sunny Days, MJF, Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, Isaac Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Ken, Luchasaurus, and the last person so far announced, the former Perfect 10 himself, Sean Spear. We have four more names announced. Of course, Hangman Patriots' pack not happening. They had a match in uh, the UK, which I'm assuming would have looked something similar to what happened, uh, would would have happened in AEW, except for, you know, it's a real sport in AEW. And uh, something big is supposed to be happening as well, a surprise, maybe to make up for it. Uh, So I am going to go here in the pre-show, if I had to pick somebody uh, from who's already been announced uh i am going with joey janela uh and semi geveira beating Kip sabian uh kong kazaki and sakura uh will be victorious uh the best friends will win uh but you can screw chuck taylor uh cody will big big brother dustin and kylie ray will pick up the w in the three-way women's match the lucha brothers will defeat the young bucks for the triple a world tag team championships so uncensored will pick up the w against the strong hearts and kenny omega will finally rid us from let me phrase it and Kenny omega will be victorious once again against Chris Jericho. Jericho.
1: I mean it's a it's a big card, uh, but it's fifty bucks, and some of the matches are gonna be free. Um, you know, they might throw in extra matches. The battle royal could go kind of long. Um I yeah, I definitely think you give the, the pre show match to Sammy Guevara. Um, you know, I think he's a, a good star on the rise. Now my guess for the battle royal, especially since Pac and Hangman Page is, is not is no longer happening. Um they did put that match the tape of that match out for free uh on YouTube. Um so you can see fans can still see that match. Uh you know, the variation of it that was given in the UK. Um, of the people who've been announced in the Battle Royal, uh I think maybe you go with Jimmy Havoc. Yes. Um I mean, I'm not a huge fan of him, but uh, you know, I think it would be interesting to see him in a in a championship match. I do think that Hangman Page comes in and wins the battle royal and uh, and wins the title shot that way. Um, since he doesn't, you know, I guess as of right now, he doesn't have a match um, since it was match was canceled so so suddenly. Um, I say Angelico and Jack Evans defeat the best friends. Um, I'd be excited to see Angelico and Jack Evans teaming together again. Um, I definitely think the team with Aja Kong wins. I don't think you can ever really bet against Aja Kong, even in a six-man match where she may not be used in the ring as much. I still think that a team with Aja Kong is pretty much the winners. Um, Sakura and Sakazaki may not have to do a whole lot if if they can just kind of, you know wear the opponents down a little bit and then let Aja Kong come in and and just finish them off. Um, Yeah. I don't think the AAA tag team championships are going to change hands. I think, uh, I think the young bucks are going to hang on to those. You know I mean? It's their show. Why why would you lose on your own show? Um, I mean, it'd be very unindy of you to lose on your own show. Um, But I guess they're quote unquote, not an independent. They are corporate you know, corporate money owned entity. Um, yeah, I think Cody gives it to Dustin and Dustin kind of does the, you know, Dustin gets his big farewell. He gets the match that, that he wanted that they wanted several years ago in WWE, but then kind of told them, no, that's not the way we want to go with you guys. Even in a lower card capacity, they got to work together at WrestleMania, um, not versus each other. Like they had hoped originally. Um, I think SoCal uncensored goes over against the uh, the Strong Hearts, the team from uh, the Oriental uh, Wrestling that they're partnering with. But they could give the Strong Hearts the win, um, you know, to show how uh, how strong and how powerful these guys are. They're not just brought in to kind of feed to uh, to their other people. But I do think SoCal wins that. Um, I have to give it to Britt, the three way women's match to Britt Baker. Um, I just really like Britt, and I definitely think that she's um, going to be one of the top women that they're going to use. So you want to get for the win. Um, and what I assume is the main event, although it may not be, is Jericho versus Omega. Um, I think Kenny, I think it's pretty much presumptuous that Kenny will go over and win that. Um, and then you have Kenny versus Hangman Page, which could be really interesting. Um, further down the line, I assume at another show. Um, where they will crown their first ever champion.
2: I'm going to, I, I'm kind of sort of in agreements with you guys just a little bit, but um, yeah, keep saving, keep saving is good, but Sammy, Sammy is going to definitely pick up the win there. in that match between those two, my pick is Jimmy Havoc. I love Jimmy Havoc and think that he should just win everything including my heart. Anyway, um, the, the best friends, the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta. They're definitely, definitely going to pick up the win in their match against Angelico and Jack Evans, Aja Kong, like Danny said, you do not bet against Aja Kong. She is legendary. And if they somehow disrespect her, I don't think they will, but if they somehow disrespect her, it will be very, very sad. Um, the Lucha Bros are going to pick back up the titles. I think that Young Bucks will lose at their own party. Um, those triple A titles that they picked up in Mexico from um, kind of in the backyard of the Lucha Bros. So I think the Lucha Bros are going to pick those titles right back up from them. Um, I'm picking Dustin and Cody versus Dustin. I think that yes, again. Um, The two brothers going at it. I think they're going to give it their all, but I think the older brother picks up the win and and gets to ride out on that old town road into the sunset um, as they wanted to do. Um, (laughs) SCU, SCU is fun. They're great. The talent is immensive. So they definitely, definitely are going to, you know, win. They lost, I believe, at the last time that AEW put on an event. So I think it's time for these gentlemen to, you know, get on the winning side of things. Um, as much as Dr. Britt Baker and Nyla Rose are going to be great, Kylie Ray is a four. She is so talented, um, super nice, but just a damn good wrestler. Um, so she is my pick. To head up this women's division and to lead them into something I hope that will become very special. So hopefully this is the first step in winning that. Oh, Omega Jericho. Jericho has a new finisher, the the Judas effect, uh, I think it's a spinning back elbow. One wing angel for the win. Kenny Omega. Is going to put Jericho down. I love Jericho. I really do. I'm a, I'm a Jericho holic. But man, Kenny Omega just going to have to put the old man out the pasture.
0: Well, that will be happening this Saturday on pay per view. So what's going to happen? Are we going to see another super kick party? Everybody's going to be tweezy, too sweating all over the MGM Grand and we're going to see somebody get lucky in the 21 man battle royale we're going to see the successful debut of uh all elite wrestling or the start of another chaotic promotion i don't know i i wish them all the best and i, I don't i don't you know can you make uh, one of my favorite wrestlers uh the Lucia brothers amazing guys you know, And a, a great roster overall. I think uh, they have the tools to succeed. We'll see how well they do. Uh, they will be available on pay-per-view. I'm sure it'll be on demand later on. They got a TV deal with TNT in place. Let's see what happens. But a new era will begin this Saturday. Uh, and I'll be excited to uh, check it out and see... Uh, what comes of it? So if you'll have forty nine dollars ninety nine cents, you know, be able to save a penny, get the pay per view, watch it live or later, whatever. Uh, however you you want to watch it. All right, and that is it for us. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate uh you guys listening to us each and every week. Uh, please follow us on uh the Twitter machine at F O W Radio. Mika on Twitter at Mika Villas. Danny is on Twitter at Danny FN Danger. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. Subscribe to the FOW Radio Network on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Wherever you can find a podcast, we're there. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.